What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier <laughs> podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined again by my good friend, J.W. Kriwal. J.W., you just came back from your anniversary trip. How you doing, man? I am feeling refreshed and excited. I have not felt this good in a long time. I was just talking to you, Riley, before the cast about how I don't really think, uh, for better or for worse, I don't really think about my mental health. And then I come back from a trip like that and just like, it was a great trip and it was a lot of fun. And like my wife and I had a great time and we met up with a lot of really interesting people and we ate a lot of good food and we relaxed and just everything about it was, you know, really low stress, except for the time we got lost in the woods. But I won't go into detail about that. But other than that, (laughs) the woods are Uh, scary. I I, I would freak out. Well, my wife is very adventurous. It's like uh, something that I love about her, but can also get us into trouble. And so she wanted to take this alternate path. And I was like, no, we should stay on the path that we were on. I, we know that it just goes in a loop. But she's like, no, we got to go on this alternate path. And so <laughs> we go down the path and we all of a sudden find that we're, we have no idea where we are. We've been walking for like two hours, no clue where we are and we look it up on our phones we're looking up a map in tennessee of the park and it's like showing us that we're on the other side but we swear that we didn't pass this marker and so we're all turned around and we're like asking people where do we go and where are we and nobody knows and anyway we had to use google maps to bail us out which it did and so we're very thankful uh but it was a little bit tense there because i was like we should have stayed on the on the original path uh but <laughs> it was pretty yeah. fun. Well, at least you didn't get like kidnapped by a witch or something. I don't know. I, at least we didn't. Yeah, thank <laughs> goodness that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> anything else exciting going on? Well, just uh, revamping the YouTube stuff. Been putting out something new every single day. There's been a lot to talk about just with the trainer toolkit. And I just recorded this week's Discord tournament for upload onto the YouTube and I'm pretty excited about that. And um yeah, I just say I'm I'm really enjoying kind of the new stuff that that I'm able to do with uh, content creation right now in Pokemon. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's a it's a great time to branch out and explore and figure things out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not How about you? What those tournaments? What's I heard you had a really interesting day today. Uh I don't know if it was an interesting day. I've had a in general I've been really stressful lately. Or okay. a stressful like life lately, I guess. Yeah. Um, so today I came home and I just kind of I ate a bunch of food and just kind of vegged out, which is you know that's a great way to like cap off a stressful day is just to chill out in, in your apartment. Yeah. Um, and so I got in, like a little blanket cocoon and lied down, just intended to take a nap, and I fell asleep. And mm-hmm. I was also trying to coordinate with. Uh, a coworker who lives in my apartment like we're driving to work together tomorrow um so i was like coordinating that and then i wake up and i feel incredibly rested like way more rested than i have any right to feel and i'm like this is odd and so yeah. i look at my phone and we were planning and so for context we were planning to leave for work at 7 a.m and okay. so I look at my phone, and it's 7.45. Which, oh, my gosh. <laughs> which was, like, not very long after I got into bed. 
Yeah. So I, I didn't even think about the fact it could possibly still be today. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I was so rested. And so right. I look at 7045 and I'm like, holy crap. I immediately text the person. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Like, <laughs> like I, I totally <laughs> like missed the ball there. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting showered. I'm feeding my cats. <laughs> like, I, and I still haven't checked and seen that it's still like today, yeah. the Wednesday, not the Thursday. Yeah. And so... Oh my gosh! I so I went through my whole morning routine. I got ready, and I'm like, this just isn't right. Like, what? Why did nobody like text me that <laughs> that it's Thursday or something? How you did know? you not know though? Like, couldn't you see outside or whatever? Like, I mean, not really though, because like at seven a.m. it would still be kind of like this, uh, where it's like a little, you know, there's not a ton of sun, but there's still a little yeah. bit, and like. <sighs> This, the level of sunlight from like 7.30 a.m. and p.m. are kind of similar. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And like that, I've had times yeah. where I got mixed up on my days before, but yeah. not ones where I like went through this extent of like my morning routine. That's ridiculous, dude. So you like ate all your eggs or whatever you have for breakfast and like got your whole bag together or whatever you take to work and stuff. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I'm like, in a tank top right now because like <laughs> i uh for the viewers on like youtube and twitch because i was like i took a shower and i'm like what what am i doing <laughs> that's, that's when i realized <laughs> i literally i got out of the shower went across my apartment to get my phone and looked at it i'm like this is this says wednesday on it <laughs> And so I text the person and I'm like, wait, ignore this previous couple messages about me missing the ball. I'm just apparently just very stupid. <laughs> yeah, they must have thought you like took part in a recreational activity a little bit too much that night. No, like, what's I just going fell on, asleep. Ryan? I just fell asleep, man. It was messed up. It was messed up. But it happens. It happens. And the problem is when you take naps like that, it's so hard to sleep that same night. Um, so hopefully i yeah. don't actually sleep then yeah yeah no kidding no kidding i have been for some reason the last three nights have been really bad sleep for me uh, we just got blackout curtains Ooh. which makes the room i mean obviously way darker but for some reason they've been like throwing me off where like i'll wake up at nine which is later than i normally sleep but i'll feel less rested so i don't know it's uh yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. Sleeping right now for me is just, it's whack. Yeah. But I, I haven't had an experience like that ever, I don't think. That's yeah. pretty wild. I have experiences similar to that all the time, but just the level of of effort that went into that one was insane. Yeah. <laughs> but shifting gears a little bit uh, away from sleeping, although that is a favorite topic of mine. <laughs> We wanted to talk about some of the things that are going on in Pokemon. Uh, so we have a couple items on the agenda for today. Uh, the first one is going to be a little bit more serious, though. So um, kind of slowing our roll a little bit from joking about sleeping. We wanted to talk about the recent sort of movement of survivors of sexual assault and harassment coming forward with their experiences, particularly in gaming communities. Um, we've seen several... Pokemon players share their experiences both in the video game side of things uh, and in the trading card game. And there's been some other relevant experiences that have come up. I don't want to name all the specifics of it. Uh, I'll kind of leave that to you. Um, 
what ultimately I don't want to do is uh, speak too much on something that, uh, you know, I'm not fully qualified to speak on or like speak on behalf of someone else. Right. Um, that being said, tag team has always been firm in its stance on supporting women and other minorities in our community. And so uh, the continual message that we want to give off is that we support you. We support your stands. We support coming forward with the experiences that you have. Ultimately, uh, not only is coming forward super meaningful because we can see that experience, but it also empowers other people to do the same. Right. And that is incredibly valuable. And as someone who has firsthand seen the effects of those kind of things, um, I cannot commend enough the courage of people who speak up about those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been good. I, I, good. Not, I don't want to say good. That's the wrong word, but um, it's been impactful on me to hear these stories, not just in our community, but in others, like you mentioned, and just saying that, um, you know, this stuff is very prevalent. And, you know, and, and it might not be something that I see and it might not be something that I have firsthand, you know, experience with, but it's something that's still around. Sexual assault assault is still something that occurs. And until it's like completely eradicated and until everyone's mind is right, you know, we're always going to be dealing with this issue. And so uh, just being as vigilant as we can be, listening to the women and their story and the men and their stories um, and just being hyper aware that this is not something that we just kind of, you know, snap our fingers and are kind of done with, or like we bring to the light once and it's over with, you know, we have to remain very vigilant over the course of time. And I, I think, uh, you know, I can speak for you in saying that, you know, if I can contribute to a more positive environment for anyone in this community, like I am going to do that and I want to do that. Right. And so ultimately, you know, and JW and I, time and time again, when topics like these come up, we try to actively acknowledge the fact that we are in a position of incredible privilege as white males. And so right. we don't, again, we're not trying to step on anyone's toes here. What, what, what ultimately I want to give off as a message is a couple of things. Uh, first, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, or you fall somewhere in between, or you don't identify with that spectrum at all, you should be listening to and bolstering the voices of people who go through these experiences. Um, And that's also not to say that those experiences are limited to, you know, not being a man. Um, Certainly men can go through similar experiences and do quite often as well. Um, So the first step of that is listening and being engaged in the people who go through those experiences. It's really easy to write things off because you've, what I've noticed a lot in these gaming communities is you form yeah. these, you call it like parasocial relationships with people. Um, mm. Whereas you might meet someone in a tournament once and they're incredibly nice, or you see their yeah. online presence and you form an opinion about them. Um, ultimately, that's not a substitute for actually knowing the person. And even if you do actually know the person, if every single person who did a shady thing acted like a shady sleazeball in real life, then we wouldn't have this problem because we'd be able to point them out right away. (laughs) Sure. Right. And so like there's, so the first step of that is being willing to accept that things happen and people aren't always how they appear. Um, And that's just the nature of, of life. And that's especially a thing in these online communities that we formed. Um, The second thing is to continue to elevate those voices. So not only 
So once you started listening to those people, start advocating for them. Um, JW and I, we did an episode on women in, in the trading card game a while back with Erin Palmer. She gave some awesome insight into the women experience, and I really, really recommend that you listen to that episode. It's still one of my favorites. Um, and, but the key to that, though, is that we have to not only take our position of privilege and use it to listen, we have to use it to take action. Um, mm -hmm. So be that highlighting female players in your community or forming genuine friendships with them that aren't based around, uh, you know, sexual interest. Sure. It really can be simple things that go a long way and showing that, sure. that people are welcome in our communities is huge. And yeah. I feel like it's not, yeah. it doesn't happen enough. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with everyone, we're all on this kind of journey of continual renewal and, and progress. And so, the past is, you know, you, you are always trying to be better. And so um, just that extends to people that are advocates. And like, if you feel like you haven't advocated enough in the past, like, well, you can, you know, start now, like you can be different, you can be better than you were. And so, yeah, just hitting the nail on the head, Riley, with, um, with advocating for women and, and advocating for those that have been uh, put in these terrible positions is, is huge. Huge. Right. And this extends, you know, beyond just women and their experiences in gaming. It extends to real life. It extends to other minority groups. Um, what I think has happened recently is gaming as a cross-sectional community of like society has ultimately, I don't want to say been like hateful, but has bred a lot of toxicity. Um, mm. And I don't know if that's the nature of of gamers itself i don't really think so but i think I, yeah i think yeah. the the nature of these online communities that we engage ourselves in has bred some toxic environments and we have to really be reflecting on yeah. what we're posting and saying online and how we're engaging with people who are different than yeah us. yeah and i think it is right you're saying like this online more so than just gaming in general but gaming's medium is the internet so yeah. um yeah I, I would agree with that exactly so uh, hopefully you can find some valuable insight in what we're talking about here. Um, and I'll, I'll keep driving this home. Like I don't want to speak for anyone on their behalf. And so um, there are tons of awesome women you can follow in the Pokemon trading card game. I'll leave some of their links in our description for this week. So that way you can check them out. Um, but even beyond that, it can be as simple. They don't have to have a Twitter. They don't have to be active on Facebook. It can be as simple as just being nice to the women who go to your league um, or encouraging people who, to go to your league. Um, obviously, that's a little different with the current space and COVID-19 and all that. But you understand, like, the point that I'm driving home is that, uh, you know, just being a good person is theoretically easy. You just have to take that that first step and and being an actively good person and not just a passively good person. Sure. I agree. So um, hopefully you found some meaning in that. Uh, we won't harp on it too much in the context of like who we are and what we represent, but yeah, uh, tag team has always stood with the the oppressed and the minorities, and that's something that we've been that's been foundational. We all, we have continually tried to speak to these issues, um, we've continually tried to bolster those voices, and we stand with and for those people uh, from here and forever on. So 
Shifting gears though, um, I also, Aaron left an awesome message in chat. And so I'm just gonna call that out uh, for the listeners. Uh, she says, something I think a lot of people need to be aware of is that action isn't exactly immediate. A lot of people had asked me how to be a better ally and it's more of an overtime situation. And I think that's exactly the kind of point that we're trying to drive home, right? Is that, you know, take those, take those steps, right? It's not something you can immediately do and, and change the face of the earth on. <laughs> sure, sure. Although I will say that there do come these points where you have an opportunity to, you know, there is a point in time that you have that opportunity to, to step in and to make that change. I mean, I've been through times where I've I've had to step in on behalf of someone or, um, you know, regrettably, I haven't stepped in when I should have. And, you know, that's just just stories. Um, from from my past, you know, and that's just just who I am. And so uh, there are those points in time that you can look back at uh, and, and kind of mentally prepare yourself for, for doing that in the future, for being the one that steps up and, and says, hey, this is wrong or, hey, you shouldn't talk to that person like that or, hey, um, this is really, you know, toxic behavior or whatever it may be. Um, yes, it is an overtime thing. And I think if you cultivate those habits of, you know, being a good person, then uh, over time, like you will like be that advocate in those pressure situations. Right. And I, I think another important point, and I know I said that we are potentially going to move on, but I think there's just a lot of good stuff that we can talk about. So like yeah. another point adding on to that is um, in a lot of communities, not just gaming, but in a lot of communities, there's a lot of really toxic like jokes, you know, that in jokes that might happen in smaller communities that become larger jokes. And, one thing I will continually say that I have seen happen is that the rhetoric you use amongst like your small groups of friends or when you're joking, uh, ultimately that bleeds into how you actually think about things. So if you're saying like horrible things to women or not calling people out when they do say those things, um, even if it's just in a small group chat with your friends, uh, ultimately even if you don't mean it at the time that is something that will embed itself into your thinking and your thought processes and so being willing to step back and, and call people out when they say things that are wrong and this extends you know beyond women it extends beyond minorities and black people it extends into just every every facet of living um when you see people saying wrong things instead of just joining in or accepting it or saying oh you know that's jw he says crazy stuff all the time like <laughs> i don't know why you had to use me here but I you know you have to you have to be willing to step in and, and take that and take yeah. that step to to do the right thing uh, sure sure and, and yeah so I guess, it, you know looping back to before being better is an active process it's not something that will happen immediately yeah yeah and that actually harkens back to the story that my dad always like told us growing up and he said he was talking to um, you know, a friend of his, uh, who was a minority. And she said to him, you know, he was asking like, well, how, how do I handle kind of like, um, just like race relations and how can I be a better ally and how can I, you know, do these things to better the minority communities that I'm in. And she's like, well, have you ever, uh, you know, have you ever told, a racist joke. And he said, well, no, I, I've never told a racist joke. And then she asked him, well, have you laughed at a racist joke? And I think that goes back to, you know, what you're saying, like just the way that you are, um, you know, the way that you act in the small will 
dictate the way that you act in the big. And so, uh, you know, sure, he may have never told a racist joke, but he may have laughed at one. And that is still like kind of perpetuating this mm-hmm. system. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I, and that's not to say like, we're all going to screw up, you know, we're all going to do these things at times. Like, I think there is a lot of room for grace in these situations. Um, but if we can speak to anything, it's just a continual uh, process of progress and renewal and, uh, and pushing forward. Absolutely. So um, largely, I think this is what we, this is what we want to be the focal point of this episode. We do want to talk about a couple other more Pokemon adjacent things. Um, But if you take any, anything away from this episode, uh, it's that tag team stands with the women who have come forward with their experiences and we hope to not only you know listen listen to your stories and and take that into actionable paths but also to um, continually improve our community and and we hope that all of you our listeners will will take those same steps absolutely looking at the other going ons at the moment um, i think the biggest main event is the players cup has been finalized at long last yes Um, so we're looking at the top 200 players from na have been decided and ultimately i think the players cup was surprisingly easy to qualify for (laughs) Uh, i think we always overestimate the amount of competitive players that there are uh, yeah well you know it's, and it's a little more nebulous in the online space. Yeah. Um, and I have some theories as to what happened exactly. Um, but I remember distinctly early on, I was talking with my friends on Discord. Uh, we were playing just some other video games. And uh, our friend Brady Botner, he was saying, you know, if you don't have like six to 800 tickets, it's not even worth trying. And I'm like, wow. So I have like 500. Should I, should I bother? Then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you look at the final. I think you. We were talking before. I, I don't have the sheet open right now, but you said it was somewhere in the ballpark of like 80. A tournament yep. rep was like that's the floor. right. And so that's right. You know, you could get that in 10 tournaments. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, like it didn't. Yeah, it, it ended up not taking a ton. But I mean, you think back. You know, a month ago. And a lot of players were just really sour. I think just generally speaking, the community as a whole, you know, there are certainly a lot of people that like grinded their way in and did a lot of hard work to get there. Um, But the community as a whole was a little bit disappointed at the way that it was brought to us. There just could have been some very obvious tweaks to make it that much more accessible. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that hurt a lot of players because there were a lot of voices kind of coming in and saying, Hey, this, you know, maybe could have been changed. There are a lot of things that could be done. Like we don't want to participate in it if this is going to be the system. And then it ended up not really being a big deal. Partially, I think due to, you know, and, and us included, right. We were kind of, uh, ragging on the system. Um, but it ended up not being a big deal to have the amount of tickets that we thought you were going to need. Uh, just for a number of reasons, like the community just was sour on it and maybe didn't participate as kind of a um, a virtue, right? They didn't want to see this kind of pay to play type system that was advocated for. And some people just 
We're like, hey, I'm not going to even bother with it because it seems like it's going to be too much work. And then we had a little bit of a fiasco with the whole tournament rep being reported. And I think that for me was like a really big annoyance if I couldn't even calculate like halfway through what the end was supposed to look like. You know, if I'm knowing halfway through, okay, I can calculate, okay, I need to do this, 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 but it was impossible to know that halfway through because the rep wasn't updating correctly. So there are a number of factors going into this. And I think it's very interesting to talk about. Yeah, I, I think I agree with a lot of those factors that you stated. Um, people seemed turned off. And I think part of that was, you know, we're talking about needing 800 tickets. People are like, oh, I only have 200. What am I supposed to do? I can't do this thing. So why bother? And so yeah. a lot of people like that just didn't even bother. Uh, and then you had other people who were actively taking a stand and saying, you know, I don't like this system. I don't want to be a part of it or support it in any way. Um, and so they opted for like the opposite route where instead of just being demotivated, they were incredibly motivated, but their motivation was to not play. <laughs> right. Right. And then you had like another school of people who just weren't interested and never would have been in the first place. Sure. I think, I think you called out some good points as well. Like the leaderboard was a huge flaw and the fact that you couldn't act accurately track where you were until yeah. close to close to the end when they started doing that daily PDF or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Up until then, there was really no way that you were supposed to know uh, because it was just so inaccurately reported. So I think moving forward, bef even before you make any structural changes, like if you were going to do this exact same thing again, the number one priority in my mind is getting an accurate leaderboard. Yeah. Uh, and a dynamic one, one that updates frequently. And maybe that's, yeah. and even better would be if it was in the client. Like you see. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you click on the tab and it brings your rank up or something yeah, amongst exactly. your peers. And yeah. it would just update in real time. Like right. if, if it lived there and the client, instead of, I, I'm pretty sure what it's doing is it's using an API to just pull continuously on like an interval from, yeah. from the client instead of just being in there. I think if it was just built into the client and then the API just actually pulled the data, that would probably be better. But I don't, I don't know actually how it's like structured, but that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, long story short, like in, in my estimation, like the Players' Cup worked, but I think like it worked in the sense that the people that wanted to get in, I think largely got in, but I still don't think that that's indicative of a good system. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, ultimately, just before we get to say it worked, we have to we have to look at the, the final tournament as well. Yeah. Like, you know, this isn't the end. Like, there's still right. a, a tournament. That <laughs> that's people that's true. That's for. true. And so, <laughs> I'm I'm very curious to see, you know, even outside of like a metagame standpoint, like how people approach this and what exactly they want to do. Yeah. Um, I think moving forward, Pokemon will likely not repeat all of the mistakes. Knowing Pokemon, they'll find a new mistake to make instead. Um, <laughs> like they'll they'll fix a lot of them and then they'll make a different mistake. Yeah, yeah. I will again this this series of continual progress, you know. Right. And Pokemon <laughs> is a big fan of that ideology, you know, very small small <laughs> steps, incremental. <laughs> and so I I don't think they'll make all of the same mistakes again. Uh -huh. Um if they were to do so, if this ever happens in any capacity again. I I mean, it should, man. I think online play is going to be the future 
Yeah, I for mean, at, I at least the remainder of this year. I and I think for card games, especially like online play in general, is the future, um, or at least having the option. Yeah, like right. online game well into the structure of like an online game. It it seems absurd not to right not to build on that. Right. So, um, so I I, I don't know. I think I think ultimately like the Players Cup was a good intentioned idea. I think they tried towards the end to improve on the execution of it, but I think by that point the damage was done, and so maybe not yeah. maybe not a perfect go around this time. I, I I hope they try something like this again and you know refine that process more and yeah yeah yeah. I mean we'll we'll see again. Yeah, there's there is this whole secondary tournament based on the qualification. So like. Um, I think there's an opportunity for this, you know, second tournament to go very smoothly, people to be generally happy with how it went. Um, and then while, even though the qualification was, you know, had mixed feelings about it, I think like you, we still, there is still hope for this tournament to be a general, like positive for the community. I think that's like, we're happy that Pokemon tried something and maybe it wasn't the way that we wanted them to try it, but, um, they did something and we're hoping again that they at least i am like hoping that they build on it hoping that they do it again and figuring out what they did wrong or maybe what the players would prefer and then doing it a little bit better or the way more that the players would prefer <laughs> yeah yeah well i think we as a whole though we can appreciate that they try to do something if you're bummed because you couldn't make it in the tcg players cup you can certainly sign up for the <laughs> the pokan one and <laughs> try your hand there there you go that's <laughs> yeah. up that's what's so, up. <laughs> and that one you can just enter, right? It's just like a double limit. I yeah, as far as I know, it's just free to play, which I mean, gotta say. <laughs> I mean you could probably make you probably make a couple rounds if you're decent at poking, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so well, we're excited to see where it goes moving forward though. Absolutely. And again, we don't want to take away too much from the focal point of this episode, but there is one other thing that we wanted to touch on. And yeah. I'm sure you've heard about it a ton, but the trainer's toolkit, we've actually talked about this before. Um, but personally, I didn't understand. I think the full scope of the value of that box until JW and I were talking about it before this podcast. So yeah. it's wanna... insane. I mean, okay. So we talk about all the things that Pokemon did wrong, but this is like a slam dunk. This product is absolutely one of the best things that I have ever seen in the 10 years that i played this game this is just so exciting i i am yeah. like sal i salivate at the thought of what it would have done to competitive play if we did have in-person tournaments because i think that this is just a fantastic product and one of the things that make me think that besides the dedenes besides the supporters and you know just the insane value from the physical cards that you get it also comes with these um two little pamphlets and they don't seem like a ton but here is the pokemon trading card game rules and these are this is like some of the most thorough rules that i've ever seen i think sometimes i've looked at some of the um i've looked at some of the rules in the uh, theme decks and they miss a few things and and they're not as in-depth and this is just it goes over deck building at the end like it's just so thorough and then they give you this trainer toolkit deck builders guide which is in my opinion one of the most underrated parts of this whole uh, product because you just i've never seen something 
like this from Pokemon, where they take something and it's brilliant marketing, by the way, if anyone from Pokemon is listening, they give you, you know, hey, buy this Pikachu and Zekrom League Battle deck. And then, oh, you have the trainer toolkit. How do you, you know, uh, soup it up to make it even better? Like, that's just brilliant. And I am such a huge fan. And it's just so good for Pokemon to print these products that cost them, you know, very little, but that everyone is going crazy over and then mash them together. And what good value. I just, I'm so impressed when they uh, bring out something like this and they're talking about consistency. You know, they, I think consistency is used in this booklet and it's just an amazing tool for a newer player. And I am stoked for, you know, the future of whoever makes these decisions at Pokemon. I'm just really excited for, you know, more products like these to come out. Yeah, they've really, really knocked it out of the park with their last couple products. Um, I've always said that I think Pokemon is the most accessible of all of the major trading card games to like buy into just because the cards are generally cheaper. But being yeah. able to have products like this that basically you can immediately inject yourself into the game, um, especially when I was newer to trading card games, like buying single cards is always kind of an uncomfortable process for me if I didn't yeah. have like a local store. Uh, like yeah. buying online was really intimidating to me. So yeah, and I think too, yeah, buying online is intimidating. And then also just like you're new to the hobby, so you don't know how much you want to sink into it. You know, somebody says, you know, uh, oh, ADP is the best deck, and so you go out and you buy, you know, two or three hundred dollars worth of ADP, and then the next set comes out, and like that that deck is obsolete, or or you know, there's a, maybe another deck that you want to try, and then you sink, right. you know, two or three hundred dollars into that new deck, and then you know, because it's this kind of cycling thing. Uh, Pokemon having this come out is is just insane because it's a tier one deck. Uh, it's been in the format for a long time. And yeah, like you said, someone can just come in, buy a trainer's toolkit, buy a Pikachu and Zekrom battle deck, and basically have all the tools that they need to have that tier one deck. And that is just out of this world for, you know, less than 60 bucks. You could go to a tournament and have a realistic shot of like winning the thing. Like that is unbelievable. Yeah. It not, it's super cool. And it's a really creative way as well to bring over some of those alternative arts uh, while also making it like a competitive product that people would buy into and have interest in. So yeah, we can't, can't give enough praise for the, for the toolkit and the battle decks they've done recently. Um, Pokemon clearly has its finger on the pulse, at least marketing wise with the competitive community. So yeah, super exactly. cool. And I did see a comment in chat asking about what are our thoughts on the world's info so i think we can talk to it a little bit there's not there's only so much info for us to speak on right now but for those who are uninformed um the the next kind of qualification for worlds has been somewhat announced uh the, all there's still some missing details but uh, here's kind of the system in review so worlds now will be a four-day system and in the past, it's been three days. And so the reason for that is because the points from this past year are going to also factor into 2021 Worlds. So yeah. uh, the way they're dealing with that is that they're going to have two tiers of qualification. And I guess top 16 as well. So you're going to have the first tier, which is going to be the qualification from this past year's Worlds. So 500 points. And once you have that, then you qualify for Thursday. And then Thursday, you have to play through the grinder just like you would uh, on Friday in previous worlds to play on Friday. Uh, Friday will also be a grinder, but it'll require more points to qualify for. 
We don't yeah. know how many points, but it's going to be some arbitrary number that <laughs> is more than 500, but probably yeah. less than 1,500. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Presumably. I don't know, right. maybe, maybe it is 1,500. But I, my guess it'll be approximately like the mashup of the two world qualifications. But I think sure. that number is likely TBD because they don't know when they want to start tournaments. Sure. Um, it, that's my assumption, at least. Yeah. So yeah. that so you yeah those first two qualifications you have like day zero I guess if you want to go off the day one and two system from past worlds it's like a day zero day one day two almost yeah um yeah. so I I think that's a pretty cool way to go about it it's a I'm curious like what that bonus points is going to be like how many more you'll need especially considering like I don't think for the at least the remainder of 2020 it's going to be viable to have tournaments in the united states um i think I other countries much more likely the united states has had a pretty lackluster response to the coronavirus and the places that have opened have done so preemptively and what ultimately has happened is the united we're states we're making it very worse and we're going on this kind of seesaw of opening right. up and then closing down and then we'll feel good in another month and then we'll open up and close back down right so instead of actually letting the first wave end like people are calling this the second wave in the united states we're still on the first wave in the united states like the first wave hasn't ended <laughs> you know yeah, it never it never dropped it never really dropped it like dropped a little bit and then just went right back up and is still growing exponentially so yeah. um you know, you can listen back to our episodes from March and February to see uh, our thoughts on the coronavirus. But, uh, you know, stay safe and healthy with regards to COVID-19. Wear a mask uh, if you're going outdoors. If it doesn't have to be, you know, for yourself. It, in fact, the mask actually does less to protect you statistically than it does to protect others. Um, yeah. And the only way to to appropriately respond to a pandemic is to assume that you're a carrier at all times and act like it. And so that yep. means wearing a mask and um, I and not going to enclosed spaces, not going to large gatherings. Um, you know, I know it's unfortunate and it sucks, uh, but we're all dealing with it together. And so we can all complain about how much it sucks together instead of... <laughs> <laughs> and I think we have right to complain about how much it sucks. You know, yeah. uh, it, it, a lot of people are, um, you know, maybe have had family members or people that they know that have had the disease. And maybe some people are, you know, laid off from their job and, um, you know, having having financial troubles because of the disease. And like, yeah, this is this is horrible. This is like a terrible like uh, it's a huge regression of like all the progress that has been made over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years in the in the job market, in the economy and uh, it sucks, you know, and it sucks. And like, especially if you've had somebody that, you know, like die, that sucks even more. Like no amount of money can, um, you know, make you feel better about that. But, right. um, it's, it's something, yes, we can commiserate together, but just do your part. I Absolutely. can't say that enough. Like, please, please, please. And I, I really want to say as well, like, even if you're young, you're still vulnerable. Like there are still young people who are passing away. And even beyond that, there are lots of young people survive and that's we know we've known that for a long time but what we're seeing now now that we're further along is that a lot of these people are having long-term damage uh, maybe yeah. not permanent but certainly something that they'll have to deal with for the foreseeable future with with lung damage and kidney damage um, so 
Like, this isn't something that you should really be taking lightly, even if you are in a younger age group. Um, so do your part. Like, even if you end up perfectly fine, like that person who you didn't wear a mask and you're, you breathed in their direction and they got it, you know, that's ultimately it's on your hands for not taking the right steps. Mm. And so really think about that. Think about your fellow man. I think if there's one theme of this episode, it's empathy. And, <laughs> and so wear a mask, be good to people and do the right things and play Pokemon. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. And I don't think there's a better way that we could wrap up than an adage like that. So uh, thank you all for listening. Do your best to be good people out there. We know our listeners are a really strong community and a really good base. And we have nothing but awesome expectations for y'all. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening this week. It's been a great episode. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye, everyone.